Welcome to Animal Cafe, where you'll hear weekly interviews with experts and enthusiasts working to better the lives of animals, and a monthly segment reviewing fun, fabulous, and useful products for your pets. Check our website, animalcafe.co, for more. Hi, this is Mary Haight, your animal welfare correspondent, and today at Animal Cafe, we're talking to Kelly Gorman Dunbar, author, co-founder, and editor of Dog Star Daily, certified nose work trainer through the National Association of Canine Scent Work, and president of Open Paw, a 501c3 designed to help stop the surrender and euthanasia of unwanted dogs and cats. So we're here today to talk about Open Paw and what this program can do for your local shelter. Hi, Kelly. Hi there. How are you, you today? You're pretty good. Um, thanks for making the time, by the way, to talk to us about Open Paw. And um, I understand that this, that shelters uh, give a very different experience, not only to the animals, the shelter workers and volunteers, but to the communities they serve uh, when they are presenting an Open Paw program. Uh, how so? Well, I think what what is different about an open paw shelter is the well, well actually the, we'll start with the atmosphere. It's the actual atmosphere of the shelter. My very favorite thing about an open paw shelter is that regardless of what the physical, you know, facility looks like or regardless of the annual budget, any shelter, any open paw shelter is a beautiful, quiet, friendly place where dogs are coming up to the front of kennels, happily greeting people instead of barking and spinning. Um, cats come up as well and, and greet people. Not every cat, but, you know, we get lots of friendly. We try our best to get the cats as friendly and relaxed as possible. They're not hiding in their litter boxes. Um, the kennels are clean. There isn't, you know, they're, they're, they, don't house, they don't soil in their kennels. Um, they're chewing on chew toys. The volunteers and staff are all on the same page, and they're you know busily training animals with each interaction. So, I think when you when you go into an open paw shelter, the immediate difference perhaps is that it's quiet and clean, and that the animals um, seem quite relaxed as well. So, I think I think that's the main difference. Can you go through the different levels of training in an open paw shelter so people get an idea of why it works? Well, there, yes, I will. There are two different kind of prongs to the, the shelter program. One is that we, we have shelters adhere to the minimum mental health requirements. And, you know, we can talk, talk about those a little bit later. And that's basically making sure that the shelter is providing the, you know, the mental health care uh, for animals, not just physical care. And then the other part of the program is the actual training program. It's a four-level training program for cats and dogs, but really, ultimately, it's a program for people because the people are the ones that have to train the animals. They train the cats and dogs, and they're also the people that you know in, that live with animals in their daily lives. Shelter volunteers and shelter staff generally are animal lovers, and you know they they have um, an opportunity to impact the lives of many animals, not just the animals in their in their shelter, by uh, you know with, with their daily interactions. So. We have designed this four-level training program. I'll start with the dog side. And in the, the four levels are levels of competency for, for people, not for the dogs. The dogs will get all four levels, levels of training every day. The, 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 the levels one through four are basically, basically levels of training for the human components. So at level one, we start with very simple but extremely important 
principles of classical conditioning and reward training. And at this level, people can be up and running with the animals, training and handling them and helping them to improve their behavior and the, from, from day one of their, their volunteer experience or even basically with classical conditioning, all that we want people to do is to help the dogs and the cats, because we do this at both level, at both, with both species. We want them to learn to form positive associations with different, various people coming into the facility. So uh, sometimes this is difficult for people to understand, but what we first ask them to do is simply to, to come in and toss the animal a little bit of their, their daily ration of kibble. In some cases, a special treat. If they're what we would consider a spooky person, you know, some shelter animals are particularly afraid of men or maybe people with hats or small children. Mm-hmm. Um, we, at this point, they are working with the animals from outside of the kennel, so it's completely safe. And they just learn, the animals just learn that when people come through the kennel, good things happen for us. And within a few passes, they learn that, um, you know, people coming means that they're going to get some of their food and there's really no, no threat involved. And most animals start coming forward and, you know, quietly expecting um, a positive interaction. So you get the beautiful side effect of, of good behavior, desirable, desirable behavior of, not barking, not spinning, you know, not cowling. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I want, it, 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 that's what makes them stop the barking because that's always so off-putting to people. It is. It, 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 it is what works and it is what, you know, it is what stops them barking and it is so off-putting to people. I mean, if you think mm-hmm. about the average person coming into a shelter, it's pretty overwhelming. It's kind of a sad place. And if the animals are barking and if there's, you know, if they're tap dancing in their own excrement, if they're hiding in corners, yeah. you know. Or even really- if it's a, you know, it could be a fine place, but all that barking all at once makes people think, gee, what's wrong here? Yeah, I think, you know, I think that people are really trying to envision these animals in their home. You know, they're trying to make a mm-hmm. decision for a lifelong companion. And, it, you know, if the animals aren't showing their, their better you know, showing their best behavior, I think it's hard for people to envision them living in their homes, and often people will be really overwhelmed with the, the amount of noise in a kennel environment, and will just kind of turn around and walk out without mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. an opportunity to get to know the animals. So, I think a quiet shelter is very important, and also this reduces the stress for the animals. I mean, I don't think they like the noise any better than we do. And, exactly. And I know, I know that the cat people always love when the dogs are quiet. So, um, you know, it, it starts to. <laughs> Build relations, interspecies relations. Yes. So we have them do their classical conditioning, and uh, regardless of the dog's behavior, they are they are just going to toss in a little bit of a, of a you know morsel of food, and that is because we're not. Re- and people might say, "Oh, are we rewarding them for barking?" Then, well, no, 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 because you know we're just trying to change their emotional response. We cannot get them to stop barking until they feel more comfortable and more calm. So the first thing we do is change their emotional response to a positive response. And then we start doing some all or none reward training where we basically um, ask, we teach people to identify, well, we ask them and teach them to identify some of the universally adoptable behaviors that the animals can exhibit, you know, maybe such as soft eye contact, sitting, you know, approach. Uh, Sometimes it's about what they're not doing. Are they finally not barking? Have they stopped jumping or spinning? And we ask people to now observe animal behavior and just wait quietly and then reward the things that they'd like to see more of. And so this is where people start their own journey of um, kind of animal training and behavior education. And um, 
it's all done day one at the shelter. It's done with, as I said, everybody who walks through the door. And they can be up and running and positively affecting the animal's behavior just by, just by passing through the kennel. So, and, and have you found that this uh, requires uh, much training or retraining uh, for shelter workers and volunteers? Um, it does. It does require some additional information, but I do find that with a quick demonstration and a little bit of practice, it becomes so apparent so quickly that this works, and it's very easy to do. I mean, the whole point of the Open Paw program is that this is. Um, it's very efficient and easy training that anyone can do, even a child. So uh, it's it's not that it's difficult to train, but maybe sometimes we have to get people to change their habits. And uh, that you know, sometimes that takes a little more time. But honestly, once they see that the animals enjoy this and they get more time enjoying the animals rather than just cleaning up after them and trying to manage their behavior, they usually, you know, are very good so you're really teaching the animals to sell themselves. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, they, they, they have maybe three to five seconds to make that initial connection where, you know, somebody who is passing through the kennel, a potential adopter, makes that first connection and looks into that dog or cat's eyes and, and, and you know, decides to pause there rather than pass on by. I think they have a very short time to make that connect, that initial connection. And so we teach them, you know, polite behaviors, friendly, pro-social behaviors to, to um, present at the front of the kennel. And then at level two, we take it a step further. Um, generally, when somebody opens a dog's kennel door, you know, they do, they do a, a rocket launch, right? They get very excited. You know, the kennel door is very open. And when it is, it means you know, big time excitement. So with level two, we have people practice going in and out of the kennel. So they are building their skills at being able to manage a dog that is excitable. And the dogs are learning to um, – we have them practice sitting or backing up or at least <laughs> at least keeping four on the floor. We have different criteria for different animals. Um, we have you know, practice slight behavior while people are entering. And at this level, we also have them – Acclimate any kind of equipment they might be using. Like if there's a, a no harness, uh, gentle leap that they have to get, become accustomed to, we'll have the people practice that at this level. And I think practice makes perfect. You know, they just put it on, take it off, rewarded all the way through. And, um, you know, after a few trials, they usually have it down pat. So, they're, so volunteers and staff are teaching the dogs not to jump up when they go into the kennel to put the the leash on or just to interact with them? Exactly. And at level two, these people are not going to be walking the dogs. They're not going to be taking them out of their kennel for any reason. So their whole, the whole point of the exercise is that they are, you know, they are just there to help them to, you know, to learn impulse control. And they have the time to do so because they don't need, they don't have a secondary agenda needing to get them, you know, into another room or move them from kennel to kennel. Right. So there's not that, that rush factor that happens. Exactly. Yeah, and, the, the impatience of, okay, come on, let's get on with it. We have to go outside. And, and so there's too many things happening all at once for the dog to absorb. Exactly. And, and then when they do need to get from point A to point B, they have already got these manners instilled. So now we're just asking the staff that do need to move the animals that, you know, just to follow through with something that's already been learned under, you know, under calmer circumstances. And so everybody is reinforcing the same thing. And um, it's, it's extremely useful. And 
Um, also helps with their adoption in the sense that, you know, if somebody makes that first, that initial connection of, you know, in the three to five seconds from outside of the kennel and they decide they want to do a meet and greet with a particular animal, um, they can really be put off when they're, you know, someone goes in to try to get that animal out of the kennel and, you know, and it just goes insane. Uh. <laughs> well, never mind. I thought yeah, I it's like, like, maybe not that one. Yeah. <laughs> And also because of the, the nature of the program with the minimum mental health requirements, the animals are getting out for walks every day, several times a day. So it's not a novelty to get out of your kennel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, practice makes, makes perfect difference. This isn't the first time you've been out of your kennel this week or, or even this day. And, you know, then perhaps it's, it's not, you know, the excitement level is a little easier to manage when, when it's a regular activity versus some kind of special occasion. Mm-hmm. So often, do you find that um, shelters who want to get involved with this program are surprised that they need to reinforce their volunteer program? Yes, it's a very good, very good question. Um, it's, I think in a lot of shelters, people start to feel that their volunteers are a nuisance um, mm-hmm. at best, mm-hmm. and sometimes actually, um, you know, really, um, really in the way yeah. and then yeah. I think the volunteers feel you know, they can feel that and they feel like they're maybe not wanted and so what another another nice thing that open paw does is it kind of heals that that gap you know um, because when everybody is on the same page and everyone is trained the volunteers become truly helpful in the day-to-day activities and then the staff can learn to appreciate them and I mean and that's how it's designed to work I mean so it does take time you do, have to, you do have to take time to train your volunteers if you want them to do things right but if everyone's on the same page everything goes so smoothly and I've had so many instances where a shelter volunteer can truly fill in on a day when you're short-staffed or eventually becomes an employee at an open paw shelter because they already know all the protocols and um, you know I think if people are there to help the animals it's our job to really give them the skills and and you know the the ability to actually come in and, and make an impact on those animals lives and, and see it on a daily basis. Have, have you also had comments from uh, shelters that have converted um, about what this has done for their staff? Because often I find that staff at, at, uh, at shelters can be on their way to pretty serious burnout. Uh, yes, it, it's been very good for the staff overall, especially I find that in municipal facilities where often the kennel staff who know the animals best and spend the most time with them get um, really get kind of the, the short end of the stick. They get all the crummy jobs and they really aren't involved in any of the behavior or the you know pro proactive parts of adopting the animals out. And that is a burnout job, you know, I and mean, if you're just cleaning up messes and having to do the dirty work and, you know, you, you, the people who are in and out every day and, and taking care of these animals are never really advised or, um, on how to improve their, their behavior on a daily basis. It's, it's just frustrating. So what I do see is that everybody be kind of, kind of joins the same team and everyone feels a little bit more empowered because they can, they know that if they're having a problem with, you know, somebody being a barker or a spinner or a chewer, they now know that they have tools, you know, that they can that they can use to change that that will help the dogs improve their chance for adoption and then also stay adopted. This concludes part one of a two-part discussion with Kelly Gorman Dunbar on animal shelters and the Open Paw program.